booming synthetic sounds of the proto-prioneer of the instrument. That's a lot of peas. Sorry about that, Danny. But anyway, I just love the word proto, so I wanted to throw it into a sentence. But uh, Richard Pinhas, that guy was on the cutting edge, you know, back in the proto-times, the primitive times of the instrument known as the synthesizer. Uh, the synthesizer was really a hard instrument to tame. It was this atonal box of noise and initially a lot of people that played the synth uh, you know your Delia Derbyshires uh, Keith Emerson uh, Brian Eno they mined it for its anti-melodic qualities it was like a wake-up call it was like a siren in a song when you started playing synthesizer because it was so different these these ears that we've got that are used to the melodies of uh, guitars and drums and violins and trumpets all of a sudden there was an instrument that Wiley could do a relatively good job of imitating those instruments it could also scronk like nobody's business and all those people that were back there at the beginning, the infancy of the influence of that instrument, they had to figure out how to manage it. There were not people before them to give them direction about how to do it. Now, some of the people like Brian Eno, Brian Eno initially used it for its anti-musical qualities, but quickly developed it into a melodic instrument that was so sublime. You know, if you listen to uh, Before and After Science or uh, Another Green World and you compare it to the guy that was playing on Here Come the Warm Jets, it's night and day. Uh, Brian Eno developed it quickly. He uh, put the uh, synthesizer in a hothouse and it grew fast and it was amazing and people like Richard Pinhas he in the band Heldon used it in a way that stood apart from the rest of the band and then as a solo artist like with the track we heard from a record called Chrono Lease a song called Duncan Idaho uh, he uses it more in a traditional way but uh, guys like Brian Eno, those are the guys that really got to me. As soon as I heard a synthesizer, which I believe, what was that song? I think it was called Popcorn or something. You know, was just a little kid. It just sounded so different. And I immediately identified with that sound. And I, and I pursued groups that were working on this new thing. I wanted to be part of that new thing. I was a kid. I was growing up. I wanted something to feel like it was mine. Something that wasn't the Beatles. Something that wasn't 60s. And for me, that was the, the synthesizer. Anyway, Richard Pinhas, Duncan Idaho. Duncan Idaho, a reference 
to Dune, one of the characters in Dune, which a month or so ago cleaned up the Oscars. Not really sure why. It was a pretty good movie, but was it deserving of all that attention? Was it as great as the novel? I don't think so. I, I didn't read the novel till about five years ago. Back when I was in school, it seemed like everybody was saying to me, you got to read Dune. Like if you smoke pot, which I did at the time, you got to read Dune. My feeling was I got to. I got to. I don't got to. So I didn't. But I, I eventually did. And they were right. It was good. Uh, before that, music from Zacht Auto. Matt, uh, Zach Automat, that name, a reference to Soft Machine, another group from the era of uh, Richard Pinhas's Heldon. We are a song called The View from the Inside, and we began with Joseph Airport from the new record Vector 23 and a song called Take Me to Reno. Uh, the new Joseph Airport is a concept record. And I gotta admit, I'm not really into concept records. I mean, I don't have anything against them. Some of my favorite records, like uh, like Ziggy Stardust or uh, SF Sorrow by The Pretty Things, those are concept records. But I, I just don't like it. I, I don't want to have to figure out your goofy concept. Now, it doesn't bother me for the composer to have a concept in his or her or their head. I, I just don't want to have to bother with it. Just play me the great music. Don't make me try to figure out why we've got five years left and there's a rock and roll suicide. Because I still don't get it. But anyway, that is my problem. Not really the problem of Joseph Airport. Brand new record, Vector 23. It's very, very good. Oh, yes, cleansing feedback from uh, a living, a living Baltimore group. Uh, we're listening to a song called Void Air Taking Pelt. So, how you guys doing? My name is Mike. This is my show. It's called In My Room Radio. It's a couple of hours on the outer limits of the outer limits of musical expression. So let's kick it off. So cats and kittens, boys and girls, non-binary human beings, thanks for coming back and joining me here because as of right now, you are in my room.
right, so speaking of proto-pioneers, that is yet another one. His name is Pierre Bastien, and he was the pioneer, the primitive master of mechanized music. I guess really the concept of mechanized music was not new. A player piano is a mechanized musical instrument. But the difference with a guy like Pierre Bastien is that he created machines to play the music. He would create a number of machines and have them doing different things. And then he would play over it, essentially making a band out of the machines. Now, the question is, are you still a pioneer if nobody else follows you? Because it's not like in the 70s there was a huge amount of people that said, let's follow that guy. I want to I wanna build things and have it play the music for me because that is a huge amount of work. It's not easy to invent an instrument or invent a machine to play an instrument or something to make a sound. I shouldn't say instruments because a lot of the things that his machines played were not what you would t typically think of as an instrument. But anyway, nobody followed him because in the 1970s, he began around 1970, you could just overdub music. You could do what Stevie Wonder did. You could do what Marvin Gaye did. You could do what Prince did. But to be able to do that, you had to have money. You had to have some sort of a, a, a company behind you to give you the financing to do it. And I think for a guy like Pierre Bastien, because he still does it now, and now you don't even need money, now you just need a laptop, but he still follows the muse of creating little machines to play his music. I think for him, the, the challenge of it, the alienness of the things that he created and you're soaking in it now. This is from Tinkle, Twang, and Toodle. This is a song called Wedded Dew. And we also heard a track called May Yam. I think the challenge was the joy of it and remains the joy of it. And the resting, wrangling sound out of things that might otherwise not be considered musical, I think that is the joy for him. I don't actually know. I, I've listened to a couple of interviews with him. He is a fascinating dude, but he, he doesn't talk a lot about that. Uh, before that, Tomega. Tomega is Valentina Magalete, who's got a brand new release out. We're going to hear a track from it. It's called Avitagali. Uh, that is also a collaboration. Uh, you can find that on Bandcamp. But anyway, uh, Valentina Magalete and the late Tom Raylene with Pierre Bastien, they did a record called Bendiera de Carta. And we heard a song called Pipes of Dunkirk. Uh, back when I originally heard that, I didn't really know who Pierre Bastien was. I just thought he was another musical collaborator, like any number of musical collaborators that uh, Valentina Magalete has worked with. But now that I'm hip to it, now the record sounds different. 
because I'm thinking about his little machines. I mentioned it before. If you want to know what that means, go to YouTube and look up Pierre Bastien. And uh, you can find videos there and see what that means. These little machines. Bitchin Bajas, before that, I was talking about uh, a couple of weeks ago about how Bitchin Bajas, their music, every record is totally different. This record, which is called Bitchatronics, is like a tribute to Brian Eno and Robert Fripp, the recordings they did in the 1970s. It is so reminiscent of it that one could believe it was Fripp and Eno, but it's not. And it's very hip. Uh, we heard a song called Sun City. I, 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 I. I ain't gonna play Sun City. Uh, Lamond Campbell before that. And a song called Fifths. And we began that set of music with something new from Mystery Tapes. Mystery Tapes, part of the Plunderphonics type of music. Plunder Phonics, I don't think I have the time to explain it, but go to your, your internet and re uh, yet another proto-pioneer, this Plunder Phonics dude. A new uh, release is called X3, and we heard a song called X3F. Let's continue on with music from Avitagali off the non-corsa release, and a song called Piratism, piratism. Thank you. 
forget something that's very important. I'm about to walk out of here and haven't read Promise of a New Day yet. Let me see. Today's May 3rd. Let's read it together. Our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. Our own doubts are our greatest barriers in any endeavors. We are only free and able to accomplish what we think we can. When doubt arises, doubt is not far behind. However, that principle is just as strong in reverse. When we believe in ourselves, nothing can hold us back. Our accomplishments are many when we've developed the habit of self-assurance. We must take personal responsibility for our beliefs, whether they be positive or negative. No one else is capable of putting thoughts in our minds. We have chosen those that are there. Far better that we coach our minds along positive paths. Only they can lead to the accomplishments which will give us satisfaction today and every day. We can anticipate our victories with excitement in this life. They will reflect what we've coached ourselves to attempt. What I feel myself today will very much influence my achievement.
nothing quite like the martial rhythms of smartly played drums. Uh, that is Eiko Ishibashi from the record The Dream My Bones Dream. And a song called A Ghost in a Train, comma, Thinking. I love dreaming. I have really wild, big dreams. And I love sleeping. Now, that, that may be sort of uh, amplified by the fact that I take melatonin. I don't even need melatonin anymore. I went through a period where I did not sleep well before I got sober. And then once I got sober, I quit taking melatonin. But then I went through another little period of poor sleep. And I started taking it again, and I realized that my already awesome dreams got even bigger. They got really wild, and I had a hard time giving it up. Now, as a sober dude, is it okay to experience mind expansion with something that otherwise is not a uh, thing to get high off of, like melatonin? I don't think anybody abuses melatonin. Well, it, it maybe with the exception of me. But I wonder about that sometimes. Is it okay if I take the melatonin even though I don't need the help in sleeping? I just want to have those awesome dreams. I had, uh, I had a really insane dream the other night. I heard Zazie Beats. She's from uh, the television show Atlanta. I heard her on Mark Maron's show. And she was talking about how, what if, what if, like the Super Collider created an open door to an alternative version of our lives, of our planet, of our existence, and we flipped. And that's why everything feels so weird now, because we're not in the reality that we were assigned. That we super collided ourselves into a different reality. And I had a dream about that. The what if. It was me talking to me through a mirror. And it was great. It was great. I don't want to give that up. It's like taking acid while you're asleep. These dreams. You know, I've wondered about that because they they use uh, lysergic acid in uh, controlled ways now. Like they give it to people to help them quit drinking or they give it to people to help uh, deal with grief. And I've wondered if I had that available to me, would I do it? You know, would I go into a controlled environment and let somebody dose me? And I guess not. I'm thinking not, because I gotta admit, for me, there's a little fear mixed in with the uh, fascination. But dreams are otherwise not a problem. There, there's no, no issue with dreaming where I feel like, oh, this dream is bad for me. They're all great. I don't, I don't have nightmares. I can't figure that part out either. I might have uh, dreams that involve a tiny bit of anxiety 
but no big fearful type things. Anyway, enough about dreams. Uh, before that, we heard a recording artist from the 1980s, ID du Famille, a uh, Spanish recording artist, put out all of his music on cassettes, and I had never heard it. Uh, we heard uh, a track called Quite Colors off the Sequences record, but it's brand new to me. The algorithms washed it up on my digital shore, and I loved it, totally unaware that it was 40 years old. Nate Scheibel, before that, from the classic known as Fairfax, recently reissued. We heard a song called Our Doubts Are Traitors. So true. Uh, Bomas Prendon, before that, from the new Bomas Prendon, which is called Help Me Please, Bomas Prendon. We heard a song called Comisches Stolen, which is German for Cosmic Stumble. And uh, Vitagali from the Nun Corsa record. These are back before the the end of the hour. Like at the, at the end of the hour, you're wondering, why, why doesn't Mike talk? Well, I decided not to. I didn't want to interrupt Nate Scheibel. So anyway, Paratism was the name of the track. So let's continue on with In My Room Radio, hour number two, with a song from African Head Charge. The song is called Dr. Finder. Thank you. 
originally a free jazz drummer from Australia, that is Oren Ambarchi from the Live Knots release. Or this is, I say that is, this is Oren Ambarchi. Uh, the song is called Tokyo Knots. I've had to really dig deep over the last decade or so into what is free jazz. Like originally when I got into jazz music, I hate labels, but there is music, uh, typically music uh, made by African Americans, but not exclusively, that is considered to be jazz. And when I was working in record stores, it's a long day working in a record store. If you're there for like 12 hours, and I often was, you got a lot of music to listen to. You know, in an average week, you can listen to, oh, I don't know, 70 hours of music. And so you got about 70 records to listen to. After a while, all your favorites are played out. So let's go check out jazz and what I figured out then this was when I was still a teenager is free jazz it meant that I was not going to understand it it wasn't that I didn't like it uh, you know the music of Ornette Coleman and people like that that were identified as making free jazz I couldn't figure it out I didn't have any cultural touch tones for the uh the anger and the emotional resonance of free jazz. I just didn't have any bandwidth for that. I was a kid. I needed music to hit me over the head and help me understand what it was. But free jazz, I couldn't figure it out. And regular jazz, even though I could appreciate the formalism of it and the jamming Again, culturally, I didn't really understand the music. It was just a white boy from a small town in punk rock with all of its anger that was so apparent by the singers and so apparent by the, the slashing guitars and the pounding drums. All that spoke to me. But the free jazz, I couldn't get. But over the last decade or so, I've tried to dip back in. And even though it has not become part of my regular group of music that I play it's something that I want to have a better understanding of as Ian MacKay said to me one time he said I don't listen to music anymore I study music it's a very pretentious thing to say but yet I, I totally understand what he's talking about I am studying free jazz but what I hear is is pain and anger and desire and the need to break from convention and be free. I guess that's why it's called free jazz. It's free of the constraints of Western music. It is trailblazing and without rules. So in that regard, it has value for me as a music listener. But as you can tell, I'm down the rabbit hole. Down the rabbit hole, I was talking about Oren on Barchi. Before that music that I, I announced incorrectly recently, uh, the group is called Real Life Rock and Roll Band. They did a split record with 
uh, Mari Maurice, also known as Maurice. And I mistakenly, a few weeks ago, said that it was a collaboration between the two. It is not in any traditional way a collaboration. It was just a split record. Real life rock and roll band are separate. We are in a song called Most People Just Live Until One Day, which would appear to be true. Uh, I, I think about that all the time, this business of dying. I don't want to die. Before that, Tran Yu Duck and a song called Sopai Ta. Uh, African Head Charge and Dr. Find off Return of the Crocodile. And uh, back at the previous break, I was talking over music by John Dwyer from a record called Gong Splat. We heard another dust. So, uh, Cats and Kittens, I am done. My two hours have come and, and gone. But uh, thank you for being here, Ford. If you'd like to listen to it again, go to inmyroom.podbean.com and you can listen to uh, this show or any of the voluminous archives of In My Room Radio. If you would like to drop me an email, it is in my room at, no, it's in my room radio, in my room radio at gmail.com. So I love you guys, and I will see you next week with a couple of more hours of In My Room. But until then, bye.